Well, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I notice Jim has got his uh, copy of today's New York Times featuring Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump wearing baseball caps amidst Scarlett O'Hara. It's a cotillion, I do declare. It's a declaring uh, party. They're all wearing petticoats and chiffon and fine fancy lace and bonnets. Well, I don't know if bonnets and Scarlett O'Hara are going to make a comeback, but... Hoods might. Nostalgia for the USSR (laughs) and all sorts of other things may be making all sorts of comebacks with our upcoming... um, The lunatics that are taking over the asylum... Uh, it's going to be difficult to, uh, of course, uh, do gray matters objectively over the next couple of months. Uh, I think that Donald Trump is a moron. Um, we'll talk about him in a second. So it is going to be difficult at times, but I'm going to try and keep the personal animosity that I have for the uh, moron <laughs> to a minimum and yeah. talk mainly about issues and that sort of thing. Well, I know... Uh... I'm struggling with uh, what appropriate name by which to refer to the orange one. The orange one, yes. Uh, since president hardly seems worthy, uh, I have called every president that, with the exception of George W. Bush, well, I couldn't ever quite bring myself to call president. I knew in my mind that he was. Uh, I just called him W and then W Wanker for W Once, for Wanker. Once things began to unravel, but... Uh, a British pejorative. Yeah. With regards to uh, trying to be objective for the next couple of months, the Republicans aren't going to make it easy. Uh, because it seems, to my way of thinking, that uh, this rush to cram through uh, the uh, hearings, uh, oh, confirmation yeah. hearings, without all the necessaries having been gone through. I mean, there's a lot of paperwork involved, financial disclosures, uh, your track record on various things uh, in in which you've been outspoken about. Uh, And none of these have been fully completed, but they're so eager to let's get this bad boy in place and get ready to run that, you know, just tactically speaking from a neutral tactical standpoint that anybody who's not fully and properly vetted now those things are eventually going to come out and be embarrassing, awkward, even scandalous, sure. even treasonous disclosures. Well, and in fact, uh, many down the line presidents in the past, and this, I, I mean, I think that these sort of silly standards about serving in the government really started with Bill Clinton. Uh, if you will recall, he had a great deal of difficulty getting an attorney general confirmed because of. Nanny taxes. Now, I find it rather hard to believe that um, Donald Trump's assemblage of millionaires and billionaires uh, have paid all their nanny taxes or their butler taxes or even even their their taxes, taxes, fed fed the lawn jockeys on on their mansions with uh, like Tara. Um, But, yeah, this the ethics problems, all this stuff, a lot of that stuff, I'm just not terribly surprised about or outraged about it's the way of our country 
Um, but I do want to talk specifically about something that's been going on this past week. Of course, today was the beginning or opening day of the Detroit Auto Show. And the auto companies yeah. have been in the business. Donald Trump is trying to take credit for all sorts of things that he doesn't deserve any credit for. So I'm going to go over a couple of these things since NAFTA's been under review. And there are all sorts of claims that uh, he's going to renegotiate this. And Oh, these are all uh, tweets that he yeah. shoots out in the middle of the night. Policy by tweet. Um, he can't stop tweeting. And, of course, what he wants to do is keep the gong show going. The media is following, as the saying goes, a bright, shining object underwater that's kind of glimmering. And, as usual, they're missing a lot of the real story here. I've even heard analysis analysts claim that Trump deserves credit uh, for <clears throat> having the Ford Corporation cancel the Ford Focus plant in Mexico. Uh, this is false. The Ford Focus was canceled in Mexico, not because of Donald Trump, but because the Ford Focus is selling poorly. It's selling poorly because gas prices have been low. Of course, one thing Donald Trump will not take credit for is the fact that retail gas prices have gone up quite a bit in the last six weeks. And watch them continue to slowly climb, I predict, over the next uh, month or two. Now, some of this is speculation about um, the oil boom that's around the corner. Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, is a reliable ExxonMobil man. Poised to grease the wheels. I don't know uh, whether he should be Secretary of State, but he's one individual that State, does. State, commerce, it's all It's all going to be the same at some point. But I wanted to cover the facts on some of these other car companies. Well, just real quick on that Ford one, uh, that was probably an internal decision made months ago. Yes. And, of course, car companies are complex, multinational corporations. Uh, Donald Trump needs to read some economic history. Ford moved their first plant to Mexico like 70 years ago. I don't remember the the first year, but as we found out with General Motors and the production of the Cruze, because uh, Trump was claiming that he was going to slap a bunch of tariffs on the Cruze, General Motors had to come out and correct Mr. Trump and point out that those uh, cars produced in Mexico are sold in South America and in the Mexican market. Uh, Mexican citizens buy small cars. Americans, of course, car models change with the fluctuations of gas prices. And when Ford announced that they're going to expand, and that's the key word, their flat rock facility, great. Because the cars they're going to be making there are called hybrids and electric vehicles. Flat Rock, of course, you will remember, uh, was once a partnership that Ford had with Mazda. So it's an existing plant. As for the General Motors uh, disinformation that Trump was spouting, they had to come out and correct the record and point out that uh, the cruise, the American cruise, is made in Lordstown, Ohio. Not Mexico. Then we have Toyota. Let's see. Trump got the country wrong, the province in Mexico wrong, 
and virtually every fact that he tried to spew through Twitter wrong on all counts. What did Toyota do? They just had to come out and make an announcement that they will remain a quote-unquote responsible corporate citizen. And I'm paraphrasing there. Now we have the case of Fiat Chrysler. Uh, they just announced yesterday in sort of a preemptive announcement. And, of course, car companies are public relations operations. They announced that they are expanding the production of the Jeep and the SUV model, the Pacifica, I believe it's called. Not a great expert on the cars, but the minivan, I guess, is the Pacifica. Um, SUV crossover, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that's great. But Donald Trump hasn't created any jobs from his policies. The relevant things are retail gas prices have been going way up, and the peso has been going way down. Well, believe it or not, that actually makes Mexico more conducive, more salubrious for manufacturers to move into. Um, that's what economics would suggest. And as for the future of the automobile industry here in the United States, last year was the best year they've had since 2009, since the Great Recession. The auto bailout was crucial as part of the uh, TARP uh, program that was uh, originally uh, organized by Secretary of Treasurer Paulson. These positions do matter. It was crucial to have a knowledgeable brain like Henry Paulson running the Treasury Department in 2008. George Bush was hiding under his desk at that point. He didn't know what to do. He never did. He was, a, he was a lost soul. And as for attacks on uh, the German automaker BMW, they just had to deny Trump's allegations and claim, no, we're continuing on with our operation. I also want to remind Trump, and I'll end this uh, auto uh, discussion here, that in Nineteen In the 1920s, when the uh, GOP came into power in Congress and the presidency, there was a slogan that ushered in the era of Warren G. Harding. It was called the return to normalcy. What did normalcy mean, pray tell? <laughs> and, of course, we ended up with Babbitt, yeah. the Weimar Republic, and the Great Depression at the end of the uh, decade. Um, but it's interesting that high tariffs were instituted on uh, automobiles as part of the economic brilliance of the administration of Warren G. Harding, followed by Coolidge, followed by Hoover. What did General Motors do? Well, guess what? They bought Opel in Germany to go around the tariff. So they owned a production facility in Germany. It was a General Motors corporation. They began making Opals in Germany. They also bought a British car company called Vauxhall to do the same thing. So high tariff policies may work. They may not. I don't know. But what I do know is nothing that Donald Trump has done because he hasn't done anything yet. He's not president yet. He is Coriolanus in the... 
in the shadows or Iago. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Shakespeare villain he is. But he's got an enormous set of problems confronting himself. These ethical scandals and conflicts of interest are rampant. And for him to assert over this past week that the Russian hacking had no influence on the election is an absolutely incredibly naive statement. Charles Blau's column in today's New York Times, in fact, is brilliant on that score. Pretty damning, actually. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to go easy on Trump. And we aren't either. And as for uh, claims that this is trying to undermine the Trump presidency, baloney. Trump is undermining his own presidency with his own outrageous behavior. I'm not too sure when Donald Trump is going to uh, leave the preteen stage of his existence, the preening with the hair and the ball caps and all of this MAGA, make America great again stuff. But I wish Donald Trump would start reading some American history about the tariff, for instance, and what that does and what it can do. I can also assure uh, all listeners out there that our trade deficit with Canada and Mexico is, ma is mainly oil. We buy oil from Canada and Mexico. And um, the NAFTA agreement, by the way, is complicated. Donald Trump can uh, unilaterally issue some tariffs on selected products, but he can't just undo NAFTA. Uh, with the uh, stroke of his quill pen, that has to be passed by Congress, and I don't know that they're in such a mood. We'll see. There are many unknowns about the presidency of Donald Trump, but it's rather troubling over the holidays when you have a president suggesting he wants to bring back the arms race, the nuclear arms race, with Echoes of Nikita Khrushchev. I'm a little unsure about all uh, Trump's fondness for Russians past. But uh, Ivan the Terrible and Joseph Stalin, I don't know if they're role models in Donald Trump's world, but we need to keep an eye on it. We'll bury you, right? Now, if Trump can show up with a shoe <laughs> and start pounding on the lectern at his upcoming news conference, I'll be impressed. Well, you know, uh, it's like you've crossed over into bizarro world where a Republican president-elect shrugs off an assertion of malfeasance on the part of, let's face it, historically the country's greatest enemy. And even if you do want to foster better relationship with Russia, or if you think Putin is a quote-unquote swell guy— uh, this just doesn't make any sense because it's clear that Putin's Russia is fraught with corruption at the highest levels and that to curry favor with Putin uh, or Putin's number one man, as Rex uh, cash register Tillerson has done and brags openly about, is really just to feed into uh, the, the greatest level of corruption that you'd like as an entry level. Yeah, and I think that the... You know, obviously, the relationship with Russia is complicated, has been complicated. I am of the school that the Cold War was somewhat 
of a mirage, somewhat of a fiction. It was a shell game to a large extent, yeah, in many ways. Both of the secret polices and the respective societies loved the Cold War. And uh, profited from it greatly, you know, as as Africa and and South America were used as chessboards for proxy wars. And, of course, some of the original interference by the American government in elections were occurring in 1947 and 48, right as the CIA was being created. I might add, because our numeral has turned to 17 over the new year, there are many, many very interesting anniversaries that are associated both with uh, 1917, uh, 1947, uh, and we could go on, uh, 1987. 67. The Iran-Contra affair. Of course, Nixon was himself back in the news as uh, it's now emerged that uh, he wanted to throw a monkey wrench into the into the presidential yeah i talked about that briefly while yeah. you were away that uh as has been you know widely believed or suspected by uh historians of the nixon era uh now some more substantial evidence emerges that indeed uh, i think this is treasonous behavior by any definition right yeah, and this, of course, involved the South Vietnamese talks. Uh, just a couple of other quick items about NAFTA. On automobiles, by the way, a North American car, to be called a North American car, has to have 62.5% of its value produced in North America. Hence, the auto companies do have um, production relations with Canada and uh, Mexico, Donald Trump erroneously claimed that the Corolla was being produced in some province in Mexico that he got wrong. Turns out they're actually made in Ontario, the ones that are sold in the United States. Um, We know what Trump's attacks on Mexico have been. Just for the record, there have been gas riots in Mexico. Yeah. The peso is in serious decline at the moment. Uh, and this, uh, of course, may increase uh, immigration to the United States as well as uh, manufacturing uh, forces. Gee willikers, uh, how, how does this all work? I mean, it's, what, it's incredible. It's, it's really incredible. I, I, you know, I don't know if Trump has read any Ricardo or even Karl Marx, but uh, we know that the gong show that he's operating under are going to continue. As for trade disputes, under NAFTA, and by the way, I want to point this out historically because this was another muddled factor in this past election. NAFTA was actually signed by George H.W. Bush. It was actually negotiated by the Reagan administration. Those are the facts. James Baker, this came out of GATT, the Uruguay Free Trade Rounds. And again, just uh, statecraft takes time. Yes. It, it takes years. Like the auto industry, cars just don't appear. There's a research and development stage. There's a design stage. There's a trial stage. It's the same with state policies. Now, the facts are it, it went into effect when Bill Clinton was president, uh, the 1st of January, 1994. Those are the historical facts. The main goal of it was to reduce tariffs over time. And there were, of course, side agreements protecting the environment and whatnot. For instance, uh, NAFTA cannot be used to overrule national and state environmental health and safety laws. End of story. So um, 
By the way, disputes are settled by judges who have special jurisdiction to resolve the merits within the strict construct of the talks. Donald Trump is not a special judge, but he is a very special president. He's Teutonic, and he's moronic. And as for agriculture— Bubonic. He's the bubonic plague. Uh, As for agriculture, which, by the way, is America's numero uno export in terms of merchandise, trade merchandise, if you look at the actual trade numbers, we export agricultural products, we import oil and cars. Those are the top two merchandise trade components of the so-called trade deficit. Those are the facts, Mr. Trump. As for agriculture— The tariffs were to be eliminated over 15 years, which basically has occurred. In other words, the the tariffs are all gone. Um, So Trump can bring them back, I guess. But it allows for domestic price supports, i.e. farmers in Iowa who are given, and Nebraska and all these red states, who complain about the government. The government's bad. It's terrible. Yet they're the ones that get these agricultural price supports. This is part of the the way our system works. So it is a fact, for instance, that uh, indigenous farmers, corn farmers in Mexico, have been put out of business, so to speak, by America agribusiness. Mm-hmm. That's one of the consequences of NAFTA. And in any of these trade agreements, there are losers and winners. And I think Trump needs to remember that. Uh, Raising the tariff, which seems to be the policy that he's going forward with, may not be uh, passed by Congress. Uh, In the past, for instance, during the Great Depression, the Smoot-Hawley tariff bill in 1930 exacerbated the recession. And we had a deflationary period in which other countries around the globe began to depreciate their currencies to benefit and to counteract tariffs. So the tariff and the debate about tariffs, that was one of the most dominant economic issues of the 19th century after slavery, uh, Trump needs to read some American history on that. Uh, that, of course, in the 19th century, the Republican Party was the party of high tariffs, and the Democrats tended to be the party of free trade and low tariffs. That is flipped around, and I would like to point out that most of the votes for NAFTA, negotiated by Reagan and Bush, the first, were Republican votes. They were almost all Republican votes. The opponents of the NAFTA if you will recall from your American history, were almost all Democrats from union states, from manufacturing states. They lost those votes. What did they get uh, in the the last election from the so-called working-class people of these manufacturing rust belt, quote-unquote, states? They voted for Trump. (laughs) So it's a very interesting dynamic And we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of Trump's policies. We don't know. But we know that Trump 
got to the scene of the crime, like the bishop, and he was a little too late. <clears throat> well, I'm here trying to come up with theories about how to encourage Trump to read a little U.S. history, and I think maybe if someone came out with a uh, swimsuit line of uh, women's apparel where uh, important Supreme Court decisions or key instances of American history were written out over a woman's bikini, he might actually look at that a little bit and uh, reach out for some reading material. But uh, as long as the potential for Trump and this really bizarre Congress uh, to pick at each other, uh, one of the questions that is unanswerable is how functional are they even going to be at all? I mean, when you consider that Congress's first step was to wrong-foot itself, uh, the uh, Republican meeting to let's quickly abolish the Ethics Committee. Right. And that even Trump tweeted out, you know, oh, that's you should be thinking about other more important things. That well, might have even been a setup, by the way. Trump, Trump is already doing this thing of what I call the rooster thinking that he's responsible for the sun rising in the morning. <laughs> this is the famous... Uh, claim about the rooster that crows in the morning who thinks he's responsible right. for the sun coming up. The rooster, of course, uh, thinks that the sun revolves around the earth. Hmm. He's mistaken. <clears throat> Still, for them to even gone forward with that, regardless of whether or not... Yeah. Th that's just a weird maneuver. Very interesting that that was the first uh, sort of uh, let's fall on our face coming out of the starting yeah. gate. Yeah. Uh, Comical, a, almost. Not a high priority, in my opinion, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and certainly fraught with, the, if not the actual um, conflict of interest, the appearance of the right. conflict of interest, the infamous phase, phrase. Uh, Julian Assange, of course, was praised uh, by Trump last week. Um the WikiLeaks uh, leaker, because let's remember that the hacking and the leaking are different. Assange's statement was interesting. He said the Russian government, quote-unquote, was not our source. That means nothing. Uh, I don't even know what the Russian government is. I seem to think that the Russian government is Putin. Putin is the Russian mm -hmm. government with his associated cronies and oligarchs that are around him. I don't know that the Duma, I think it's still called the Duma. I don't know they what they do much. I don't know what they do. Uh, maybe they should call themselves the W. Uh, <laughs> might get farther. Um, so, you know, Assange's statement is meaningless. Um, WikiLeaks did play a role in, in the process. And, of course, the original WikiLeaks involvement in the leaking of the information was on the eve of the Democratic Convention. Just days after uh, Hillary Clinton had essentially been cleared in the Benghazi investigation. An investigation, by the way, that uh, lasted longer and was more expensive than the investigation into Pearl Harbor, the investigation into 9-11, the Kennedy assassination investigation. <laughs> Uh, it's remarkable stuff, and I keep waiting for the smoking guns regarding Benghazi. They aren't there. They never have been. 
But if you can keep the noise and the propaganda going, and Hillary Clinton, of course, lost and didn't win for all sorts of reasons, uh, maybe 20 or 30 different reasons, small reasons. But I think that Donald Trump needs to keep remembering he got just over 46 percent of the vote. Well, and Kellyanne Conway needs to stop using the word mandate because this is not a mandate. Uh I mean, you don't lose the popular vote and have a mandate. No. And, of course, whether Donald Trump is a man, I don't know. He's certainly no gentleman. That's quite clear. Well, he uh, tweet, his tweet last night was that uh, Meryl Streep is uh, an overrated actress because, of course, she used her moment at the Golden Globe Awards to rally solidarity for uh, journalists sure. who are increasingly important in an era where vaccine uh, backroom maneuvers are becoming the norm uh, and called uh, Trump, without naming him, out for his rude and really still shocking uh, mockery of the handicapped reporter with his little repetition of the bodily maneuvers of someone who has a spasmatic disorder. Uh, I didn't remember. I didn't remember that whole thing. Uh, I thought it was within her right to call him out for that, but I don't think anybody would agree that she's an overrated actress. Well, no, and and I don't think that Trump knows much about acting. Um, As for, you know, his foot in his mouth, his gaffes, his insults, his misogyny, his racism, and all that stuff, that is just simply documented. That cannot be swept under the rug. It cannot. It shows no signs of letting up. And no, no signs of letting up. This is not to suggest that people who voted for Trump are uh, misogynists or racists. Uh, some are, but uh, not all. Uh, certainly not. But uh, Trump's show, the Trump show, Maybe that's uh, what the next four years should be yeah, called. Yeah, that's not bad. The Trump Show. It's just, who knows what it's going to be. You know, the gong show is what it reminds me of. And I think our engineer is giving us the crook sign. Your act is over. You're off, dude. Well, thanks to the engineer who shall not be named, who cannot be named, I should say. You are listening to WCBN-FM and Arbor Do Stay Tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling coming up next right here on this station. Coast to coast and border to border, wherever you are, wherever you may be, when you want to listen to real, fine, freeform radio, tune in to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I don't remember. I don't remember. It's like... Bing Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. That's what that is. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. 